Okay, so some really, really great produce. And there are lots more, but those are kind of like, I don't know, in my mind. <gasps> oh, my goodness. Sorry. <laughs> I, I just got snuck up on. <laughs> that totally scared me. <laughs> I'm talking to Allison. <laughs> you can say hi. 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 <laughs> Okay, go to daddy. This week, like always, we are talking about everything you never knew you wanted to know about Japanese food. And I know here, where I live, it's starting to feel a little bit like summer. And I know it's much worse where you live. It's much hotter out there. Though not as bad as going a little more inland. It's not, it's not it's, too bad. It's still a lot worse <laughs> than where I am. But I mean, it, yeah, it's, it's been summery. It's starting to warm up, starting to be pretty nice weather, which means it's time for summer food. Woohoo! <laughs> which is something that I can definitely get excited about. Oh, yeah. Me too. <laughs> summer means light food, of course. I mean, it's the same here. Uh, but there are definitely some different sorts of things that you would eat in Japan compared to what you might eat here. Definitely. Should we, before we get into like dishes, uh-huh. how about we talk about some of the produce that's really popular and in season in Japan during the summer? Yeah, sure. There are two specific vegetables that come to mind right away. And then there's some fruit that kind of comes to mind. Well, the first thing that comes to mind for me is cucumber. Because mm. that's so cool and such a summery thing. Definitely. And we've talked about cucumber, how refreshing it can be as skemono, as a mm-hmm. Japanese pickle. Yes. It's also really good. One of my favorite little hole-in-the-wall places in Tokyo serves fresh sliced cucumbers with like this um, miso sesame dressing just drizzled over it. Ooh. Killer. <laughs> and of course, there's always kapamaki. Yes. <laughs> Gotta love the crunch of that simple roll. (laughs) Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. And if you're not familiar with kapamaki, that is a a cucumber roll, cucumber sushi. Just slices of cucumber inside of a maki roll. And it's delicious. It sounds really simple, but it's delicious. Sometimes the simplicity is what is so good, don't you think? I mean, you just really get to enjoy those flavors. Definitely. Another vegetable I think of for summer in J- in Japan is eggplant. Hmm. Little Japanese eggplants are a summer food. Interesting. Not something I would have thought of in terms of summer food. So how do they eat it during the summer? Um, you'll see you'll see it grilled. Uh, you'll see it steamed, like with uh, miso dengaku, like the like a miso glaze. Mm. Um, You'll see it 
uh, in sometimes they do like vegetable curries during the summer. So we're instead of having meat based curry, you're going to have mostly vegetables. So it's lighter and um, eggplant. The Japanese eggplant nasu is amazing in curry mm. and pickled too. Okay, so what okay. about fruits? The the two that like really pop into my mind are watermelon, of course, and melon, and specifically musk melon, which is only grown in Japan, and it looks kind of like um, it looks like a cantaloupe, mm-hmm. but the the outside of it looks like a cantaloupe, but the inside flesh is a little bit uh, more on the yellow side, less orange than a cantaloupe. These are really unusual because they're expensive. <laughs> <laughs> and in fact, you can find some really crazy expensive ones, like $100 a piece. Wow. Is it worth it? It's really unique melon flavor and it's delicious. And I have only tasted the fresh melon on a couple of occasions because it's really expensive. Mm-hmm. Um, but they use melon flavor, which when they say melon flavor, they are referring to the musk melon. Uh, they use it in candy and all kinds of stuff like high chews. There's a melon flavor high chew. Mm-hmm. Um, there are melon flavored sodas. Uh, I mean, all kinds of stuff and those are some of my favorite things speaking of drinks Mm -hmm. there is a drink that is related to the other fruit that i mentioned for summer which was watermelon Mm -hmm. and i happen to know that it's going to be out this summer but i don't actually i don't know if it's going to be out yet by the time we go I think it comes out in July, but Pepsi has been doing some weird things. Like when we were there, they had a cucumber soda during summer, a cucumber Pepsi. Well, this summer they're doing salty watermelon Pepsi. What? Oh my goodness. Okay. I really want to try this. (laughs) Which sounds crazy weird, right? But But, I mean, it sounds crazy weird, but also potentially amazing. And actually it makes a lot of sense because in Japan, well, watermelon is a big summer food Mm -hmm. but also in japan there are a lot of people that will salt their watermelon sun does the same thing yeah salt or with um salt and chili is also something he does a lot with fruits Mm. he definitely does that with watermelon because it really brings out a different flavor Mm -hmm. yeah it definitely does so yeah speaking of weird drinks (laughs) (laughs) Oh, another random watermelon fact. When you were in Japan last time, did you ever see any of the watermelons that were in different shapes? Um, I'm trying to think. I know I've I've heard of them and I've seen pictures of them, but I don't I'm guessing we were probably there a little too early cuz I think we were there in April. Um, but I don't know. No, we probably didn't because I'm sure Sun would have a picture if we did. Okay. So, no, I don't believe so. Well, you'll get to see them this summer. I have seen awesome. I've seen cubes, mm-hmm. I've seen pyramid shapes, I've seen heart shapes, but they 
they grow these watermelon into shapes and they're really expensive. <laughs> but um yeah. <laughs> I'm I'm full of watermelon facts. <laughs> There's actually a <laughs> There is actually a watermelon spitting or a split not spitting, splitting game <laughs> that they play during the summer. Really? Yeah. Oh. And it's kind of like the Japanese version of um, a pinata. <laughs> and you see this like when people are at the beach, but I think sometimes they do it at festivals or picnics or other summer things. But um, so they put a watermelon out mm-hmm. and you get blindfolded and everyone gets one attempt. You know, you you take one turn and then pass it uh pass stick along but you're blindfolded and you're spun around and then you're hat handed a wooden stick and you <laughs> then try to smash or split the watermelon open <laughs> and so the person who wins is the person who's the first to crack it open and oh. then everybody shares and eats the watermelon <laughs> that's fantastic I-, I think we should do um an experiment where we videotape sun and we blindfold him and spin him around and get him to smash watermelon. <laughs> this could be both hilarious and disastrous. <laughs> yeah, we definitely have to do this. Plus, the game has a cool name. Yeah. Well, the word for, for watermelon in Japanese is just kind of cool in general. Mm-hmm. It's suika, which just makes me smile. That is an awesome word. Isn't it? Like, it is. How can you not smile when you say suika? <laughs> Physically impossible. I know. <laughs> so, actually, I have two favorite words in Japanese. Well, I probably have more, but suika is one of them, and my other favorite is puchi. <laughs> puchi means mini or petite. So, like, <laughs> totally off topic, but if you're talking about, like, cherry tomatoes, they're uh-huh. called puchi tomato. <laughs> mini tomatoes. Nice. Isn't that awesome? Yes. So, yeah. How can you say either of those words without a big grin? I can't. <laughs> um, but the name, the watermelon splitting game, the name of that is Suika Wari. <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah, there's there's a lot of good summer produce. But when I think of summer in Japan, those are kind of the four that pop into my mind. I really want some watermelon right now. Yeah, and when I was in Vietnam, I literally must have eaten at least my weight in watermelon. It was so good. So I'm curious, in Vietnam, how do they sell watermelon? Uh, as watermelon? Like, do they s- sell it whole? Yeah. I mean, just like you would get it here. Just whole watermelons, and you take it home and cut it up. And that, that was probably one of the things that was most like home um was the watermelon because it was just i mean they would cut it up into wedges or a lot of the times they would cube it and give us uh toothpicks to eat it with because in japan and i don't know if you remember this remember seeing this but in like the regular grocery stores you they don't typically sell whole watermelon Hmm. they sell them they're usually cut into quarters. And they do that here, too. Yeah. Is it the same sort of thing? Yeah. Okay. But the difference is that for a quarter, you're going to pay like 500 yen. 
which is depending on the exchange rate, it's at least five bucks. <laughs> and so for a whole watermelon, you're starting at like twenty dollars. It's crazy. Yeah. Goodness. So you had better enjoy that watermelon. <laughs> <laughs> wow. Yeah, no, in Vietnam, it's, I mean, everything there is super cheap, especially the produce. Most of the pro produce there is extremely inexpensive, but also, like, completely amazing. Yeah, and in Japan, the vegetables are all, I never remember thinking of them as particularly expensive, mm -hmm. but fruit is expensive. I wonder if it's maybe more difficult to grow in Japan than in a uh, tropical climate like Vietnam. Yeah, and I think for the most part, um, I, I would guess that more of their agricultural space is is given to rice and vegetables True. and not fruit. Yeah, so it just in general is probably a lot more expensive to grow. Yeah. So let's talk about some of the other foods because they do some amazing things during summer. Yeah, and this... I keep going back to Vietnam and I can't help it, but this what kind of amuses me is that in Japan, most of the summertime, or what you would consider as summertime noodle dishes are chilled noodles, but in Vietnam, you're getting, you know, scalding hot pho in the middle of the day. And I'm like, I am sweating already. Why am I eating this? Well, in Thailand and stuff, it's the same. Yeah, but and I think it kind of makes sense because it, it makes you sweat so it cools you down in yeah. a way but yeah and all like, of what? those cultures i think are also cultures that have a lot spicier foods yes. unlike japan <laughs> yeah japan out of i think all of the asian countries is the least spice tolerant oh yeah it's extremely mild and i totally think that spicy spicy food at least for me is really satisfying during the summer. <laughs> so speaking of noodles, should we talk about noodles? Yes, we should. Because chilled noodles are like where it's at during summer. Yeah, and that's something that I'm only somewhat familiar with. Um, somen is something that I am very familiar with because that's something that I grew up with. My mom makes this somen salad that she puts into inari pouches. And it's a, a chilled salmon salad, and it's really good. But aside from that, I'm actually not at all familiar with chilled noodle dishes. Mm. So this is going to be something we're, we're going to have to explore a bit. Well, let's start off then with talking about somen. Okay. So somen are uh, thin white wheat noodles. They can be served in different ways. The way that my family serves it, it's a salad with... A, a sort of sesame dressing and it has um, imitation crab and cucumber and uh, nori and sometimes uh, tamago or ham I think is something we've put in there as well and sesame seeds and it's delicious it can also be served probably the more traditional way is with dipping sauce and various toppings yeah and there a lot of times um, it's served in almost an ice bath Oh. I mean, or on ice. I mean, mm -hmm. it's served really, really cold. Have you ever heard of um, uh, nagashi somen? Mm, no. I don't Naga think so. Nagashi means flowing, so it's like flowing noodles. Uh -huh. And um, 
I've never done it, but I would love to if I ever have the chance. But it's it's something that restaurants do sometimes during the summer, and it's where they have a length of bamboo cut in half, so it's almost like a like a ring cutter, but made out of bamboo, mm-hmm. and they have it this big long length going like the length of the restaurant and they have cold ice water going through it and the somen noodles are going down like the pipe in the water and you're like sitting around it and you use your chopsticks to grab the noodles out of the water and then dip them in your tsuyu your um your dipping sauce wow i've never heard of that but that sounds very interesting how fun would that be that's awesome. It's like getting to play with your food. It really is. I mean, it's like the conveyor belt sushi, except better. Well, and it would <laughs> definitely be a good way to kind of pace your eating. <laughs> because <laughs> yeah. I don't think it's like extremely easy to catch the noodles. So. <laughs> Wait, get back here. Oh, aw. Exactly. <laughs> this is when you need good hashi skills. Yeah. <laughs> Otherwise, you're not eating. I can totally see my girls like getting frustrated and just sticking a hand in. (laughs) Oh boy. (laughs) International incident. (laughs) All right. So let's talk about the other types of noodles because I'm definitely not really that familiar with these others. Okay. There are two that are a lot alike. Um, Hiyashi chuka and Hiyashi udon. Mm -hmm. So they're both chilled. One is with chilled chuka noodles, which is what they use in ramen. And hiyashi udon are chilled, but it's chilled udon noodles, which are the big fat Really fast, slimy. Well, not really slimy, but they kind of remind me of worms because they're impossible to pick up. Yeah. (laughs) So hiyashi chuka, you've got like the noodles and then different toppings sometimes like a cold soup to dip them in and then hiyashi udon it's basically the same thing and the thing that makes this different from from like eating chilled somen is that with somen you get the noodles and then all your toppings are on the side um but with like hiyashi udon you've got your noodles and you put everything on top of it and it's served like that to you instead of everything being separate ah so it's almost more like a noodle salad except mm, gotcha. you, you toss it yourself. <laughs> okay. One of my favorite things though is zaru soba. It's so good. So what's fun? Well, I think it's fun, but what's fun about this is it gets its name from what it's served on. A zaru is this uh, little woven bamboo plate. That's what a zaru is. So it's zaru soba. <laughs> like soba served on azaru. Anyways, <laughs> so um, soba, I don't know if we've mentioned this before, but soba are buckwheat noodles. Um, sometimes they're 100% buckwheat. Sometimes uh, they've got a little bit of wheat flour in them. 100% buckwheat noodles are really hard to make. They take a lot of skill. Um, so for azaru soba, they're chilled. And then you get them on this zaru and then you have a little dish of a cold 
dipping sauce that a lot of times has like some sliced scallions floating in it and then maybe a little dish of wasabi on the side. And it is so refreshing. That sounds divine. Okay, I do have a question. And this might be a silly question. But never. I, never. I don't know, so I'm asking. Um, if you have an allergy or intolerance of gluten, can you have buckwheat? Is that the same as normal wheat? Or I don't know. That's not a stupid question. Um, no, buckwheat is gluten-free. Okay. However, soba usually will not be gluten-free. Right, because if it's using that small amount of wheat flour, that would make it not gluten-free. Right. right. But okay. there are chefs in Japan who do 100% buckwheat soba. And I know, I think it's Eden Foods that has soba noodles that are 100% buckwheat. Or are at least gluten-free. There are some companies here in the U.S. that make gluten-free soba noodles. Well, that's good to know. Yeah. I really think they're a, a great alternative um, because they really don't. You're not going to sit there and go, oh, my goodness, this totally doesn't taste like soba. You know? <laughs> it's really going to t- taste like soba. You just, um, you just have to be sure about what you're eating. Right, right, of course. To know what kind of soba you are having, um, there are two terms. There's the most common, which is nihachi soba, which translates directly to mean 2-8 soba. And that means that it consists of two parts wheat flour and eight parts buckwheat. Uh, So nihachi is where you've got both flours. And then the other kind is juwari soba. And that's 100% buckwheat soba, and it's also going to be a little bit more expensive. Good to know. All right, so we will definitely include those terms in our show notes. And I believe there's even a second term for the 100% buckwheat, either juwari soba or towari. Good to know. Uh, That was kind of an awesome question. Thank you. Bravo for you. (laughs) Thanks. I manage them once in a while. All right, so... Do you have anything else for noodles or should we move on? Um, I think we can move on. I'm, okay. We're going to do a specific, we're going to do just an episode on soba because oh, yeah. it's I, mean, I, I think we'll have to do that for each type of noodle. Yeah. Well, Definitely. and I'm just, I keep hoping that the soba master I've studied with will come back out so you can take a class. <gasps> yes. All right. So moving you on. Know, yes. There's actually another noodle dish that I totally associate with summer, even though it's not a chilled noodle dish. Mm-hmm. It's because it's one of the dishes that you always see being sold in the food stalls at Matsuri, the, the summer festivals. Oh, uh-huh. Do you know what I'm thinking I of? I think so, yes. Want to take a guess? I'm going to pronounce it completely wrong and probably not get the word right, but I'm thinking the, the yaki, yakisoba? Yes. And what? You totally pronounced it right. Oh, good. I actually was not sure that I was going to be saying the right word. But yeah, that's something that we got when uh, when we were there in Yoyogi Park. That was one of the things that we bought there and ate in the park. Uh, and Sun is like obsessed with it. It's good stuff. It's so good. I love making it too. <laughs> but I don't make it as often as I would like because... Um, 
I always eat too much of it. (laughs) I have no self-control. I can completely relate to that. (laughs) But for anybody who doesn't know, yakisoba doesn't actually have soba in it. It's fried noodles and they're pan fried and they are um, what's called chuka noodles or chuka soba, which is the like the ramen noodles. And those are fried along with like thinly sliced pork and cabbage and bean sprouts and it's so good and like a bit of sauce and <gasps> and kind of in a way reminds me of like the Japanese version of chow mein to kind of relate it to something somewhat familiar for a lot of people except better yes <laughs> much better it's really good I have yet to share my recipe for that. What? It's not on my site. I know. This is going to have to change. I know. And I would like to be there when you make it. (laughs) Well, the funny thing is, I have the recipe all typed up and everything because I've I've taught it in a cooking class. (laughs) And I even have a picture that I could use for a post. (laughs) Well, then. There you go. Post. Anyways. Random. (laughs) All right. Okay. So, shall we move on away from noodle dishes as much sure. as we love them? Sure. All right. So, something that I know Sun loves a lot, and I do too, but I'm a little hesitant to eat it for the most part just because of sustainability issues. But uh, unagi is, or eel, as some people might know it, is a uh, definitely a summer dish. Yeah, and the sustainability issues make me so sad because yeah, I, too. I love unagi. It's so good. So for summer, usually they they steam it first. Well, you know, they skin it and then they cut it into, like, they cut it, like, in half, right? It's, like, in they two fillets. They kind of butterfly it. Yeah, I guess. <laughs> um, that's a better way of describing it. <laughs> but um, they steam it first and then um, they grill it and then top it with like this sweet, savory sauce. Eel sauce. Mm. So and good. it's really good on top of rice. Mm. Yes. One of the reasons it's eaten during summer is because they believe that it gives you stamina. So it's good when, you know, that summer afternoon and you're feeling totally hot and lethargic. It's totally what you need. Yeah, definitely. Something else that I think I've only technically recently had it for the first time, and that was when I made tofu with you when we had that tofu class, is uh, Hayayako. Am um, I pronouncing that right? I feel like I'm pronouncing it completely wrong. <laughs> it's um, Hiyayako. Yeah. Okay. I wasn't sure. Hiyayako which is chilled tofu and it's got you can top it with things like shoyu and grated ginger and green onion grated daikon japanese mustard and it's so good it's so good and it's so refreshing but you have to so refreshing but you have to have good tofu (laughs) yeah yeah definitely otherwise otherwise it's not so good Although I will also add to that, and I know I've mentioned this before, but uh, chilled tofu topped with maple syrup 
amazing. Which is something I had never had until that class. And mm. you guys brought <laughs> the maple syrup to eat with it. <laughs> yes. It's so good. It is really good. I'm obsessed with it. And that's like, and it's one of those things that like when you want something sweet, but you don't want to be feeling gigantic and horrible because you just ate something with so much sugar in it that you feel like you're going to die. You just want that little bit of sweetness. And it's also filling, which is nice. So how did you get started eating maple syrup on tofu? I'm dying to know. It was the um, the Japanese food and sake festival in, I want to say, 2009 or 2010. It was in Irvine, and they invited me to go because uh, I guess that was back when I was actually blogging on Sushi Day. And so they had found my blog or whatever. So they invited me to go and... Of course, at this food and sake festival, they've got a bunch of sake stalls, which I completely did not even go near, although they were very pretty. The sake bottles are gorgeous, but... Yes, they're really pretty. They're really pretty. But um, they also had a bunch of food stalls where they were making food, and one of the stalls was serving this tofu, which, I mean, it was an artisan tofu. It was a fancy tofu, um, which I have not been able to find since then. Even in Japanese supermarkets, I've never been able to find that specific brand of tofu. But the way that they served it was with maple syrup on top. And we were like, this is amazing. We need to eat this more often. Nice. Ever since then, we've been kind of obsessed with it. Also, the first time I had uh, okonomiyaki was at Mm. that festival. Nice. (laughs) Okay, so should we talk like about a snack and some desserts for summer? Absolutely. All right, so one one thing that I just love at any time of the year is edamame. La, yes. So good. It's I mean, I, I will take this at any time and eat a ton of it. Yeah. It's so good. And I like to think it's pretty good for you, too. Totally. So... <laughs> Green edamame or green soybeans still in their pods, boiled, and then toss a little bit of coarse sea salt. And oh my goodness, it's mm. heavenly. It is. It's so good. And then one of my favorite treats, and you usually can only get this during the summer in Japan. And you'll see these little like um, vendors pop up or uh, stores will hang out special signs showing that they're selling this, but something called kakigori, and it's Japanese shaved ice, mm. <laughs> and I love it. So good. So, what sorts of toppings do they have for that? Because I mean, I've I, I've seen a lot of different sorts of toppings, and I don't necessarily know which ones are Japanese. Because, I mean, I've had shaved ice topped with sweetened condensed milk and with azuki beans. Is that something that occurs in Japan or is that from elsewhere? No, yeah, you definitely, definitely see a lot of sweetened condensed milk. In Mm -hmm. fact, a lot of times you'll get like a syrup and sweetened condensed milk. Some of the most popular flavors are definitely strawberry, cherry, lemon... I think I've seen green tea. Hmm. In fact, I know I've seen green tea. And a lot of times with green tea, they add um, the sweetened condensed milk. 
melon. <laughs> melon is definitely that musk melon. It's mm-hmm. definitely a favorite. Sweet plum, but it's not like a snow cone. Well, I mean, it is, but it's not because mm-hmm. a snow cone is usually crushed ice. Uh huh. And kakigori has usually to have true kakigori, you have a machine that spins a block of ice and this this blade that goes over the top of the block of ice that and shaves off like these just super thin it's sheets like of snow. ice. Yeah. And it I totally had one of those growing up. And it to- it has a completely different like taste and feel in your mouth. Oh yeah. It's it's very light and fluffy. And yeah. it's so good. So yeah. good. We used to keep um it, it came with these molds that you would just put the water in, like these circular discs. And we'd keep one of those in the freezer at all times. And we always had uh the syrups for uh shaved ice. So good. Yeah. And you asked about didn't you ask about um Azuki? Yes. Yes. Yeah, that's um, also definitely something you would see. Yeah. That's like my favorite thing ever is shaved ice with sweetened condensed milk and azuki beans. So good. Well, if you like that, then have you ever had my other favorite summer, summery dessert? Um, have you ever had onmitsu? Mm, I don't know. <laughs> Explain what that is. Okay, so you've got these little cubes of jelly made from content which is the agar agar mm-hmm. and, and i think usually they make it with like fruit juice or whatever when because the, the the cubes are sweet so it's got some kind of sweetener because agar agar is it's like a it's like a vegan gelatin right mm-hmm. okay so so you've got these kind of sweet jelly cubes in a bowl with um like onko and other kinds of things maybe like little pieces of mochi um fresh fruit and then then the mitsu part is this like sweet black syrup that they make using um this uh like black sugar that's kind of like brown sugar but darker and more rich in flavor and it's really really good and you can get um a variation on it called cream on mitsu which is where they serve it with a scoop of ice cream. <laughs> Yum. Um, I want to say that, yes, I have had it, but only like once or twice and not recently. Because it, that does sound very familiar, but I can't actually remember eating it anytime in like the last five or ten years. Yum. I'm normally not that much of an ice cream person. Like, I enjoy it, but that's not the dessert I'll go for in general if I have a choice. But lately, I have been on such an ice cream kick. <laughs> well, and actually, I'm glad you bring that up because, you know, soft cream, soft cream mm-hmm. is like Japanese soft serve, and that's totally a summer thing. And it comes in amazing flavors. One of my favorites, though. Besides the Hokkaido milk soft cream is, okay, I have to bring it up because it hasn't been brought up yet, but you know our favorite little purple sweet potato mountain mushrooms? Yes. Well, the purple sweet potato flavor, which is from that 
special purple sweet potato that's the Murasaki Imo. Uh-huh. Um, they make a soft cream version that's, you know, the purple sweet potato soft cream. Oh, my gosh. Oh, I'm telling you. <laughs> well, th- there are actually four deadly flavors for me. There's the Hokkaido milk. Uh-huh. The purple sweet potato. Uh-huh. Kurogoma, black sesame. Oh, mm-hmm. <laughs> and melon. Mm. Mm. I really want ice cream now. <laughs> yeah, me too. Mm. So now that we've like totally distracted ourselves into daydreaming about <laughs> what we're going to eat all summer long, <laughs> um, I, I think we've lost the brain power to be able to talk about anything more this week. But you can keep interacting with us, right, Allison? Yes, definitely. We have a bunch of different ways that you can connect with us, and we love it no matter which way you choose. So if you'd like to call us and leave us a message, we have two ways you can do that. You can either call us and leave us a message at 657-4-MISOFI. That's 657-464-7639. Or if you're not in the U.S., you can leave us a message on Skype. Our Skype name is Miso Hungry Podcasts all one word. You can always tweet us on Twitter. Our Twitter name is at MisoTalk. We do have a Facebook fan page, so you can go like us over there. Go hang out with us. You can email us at MisoHungryPodcast at gmail.com. And of course, we have our website where our episodes and our show notes and once in a blue moon we have taco tidbits. That is at misofy.com. That's M-I-S-O-F-Y dot com. And lastly, of course, our weekly begging for ratings and reviews on iTunes. Because because it makes us really happy every time we see a new review or more ratings. And if you do, we will say arigato gozaimasu. I'm Allison Day. And I'm Rachel Hutchings. And you've been listening to the Me So Hungry podcast. The podcast that blindfolds people and makes them smash watermelons. Hiya! <laughs> That's me so hungry. That just came out. <laughs> you can totally cut it. No. That's staying in. Can you insert like a, a special effect sound of like crash sound. <laughs>